listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. You are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Ping.tv slash Gold. Folks, come over and join us over there. Big shout out to everyone who's already joined. I appreciate it very much. You are obviously getting value. You're getting access to the ad-free video version of this podcast and the Thomas Paine podcast and access to a group of like-minded individuals on a Facebook-like app and website, folks. And people are sharing information all the time. For a few dollars a month, you get to come over there, uh, help keep the lights on at the Dust and Gold Standard and the Thomas Paine podcast, help us put some food on our table while we sit here all day working on researching and bringing you the analysis of these important topics, folks. I mean, this is what I'm working on all the time, so we do appreciate that. If you haven't joined, please do, folks. Please do. All right, let me jump back into this. It says, but of course, Yarvin's villains, the media, academia, and the deep state. And remember, I've told you, there is no deep state, folks. There is only the state. There is no deep state. There is only the state. All right. It operates right out in the open. There is nothing deep about it. Oh, they are conniving. They are criminals. They are thieves. They are hijackers. They are pirates. They are hackers. But they operate right out in the open. So it says, of course, Yarvin's villains are different from the villains in the progressive story. That would be moneyed interests, bigotry or systemic bias, religious extremists, ignorant red staters. And he'd want his monarch to do with all that power is different, too. He's written about his idea to deter crime by putting an ankle monitor on anyone who's not rich or employed and to create relocation centers for decivilized subpopulations. Okay, so what it's saying is Yarvin has this different set of villains uh, from the villains that the progressives see from their storyline. Um but they're driving them, the right and left are being driven into the same solution, which is this all-powerful monarch. And if we really want to see what the left, uh, how they see the world through their eyes, we'll have to start reading more of the content that comes out and is used as propaganda to push the left in a direction like this. I already told you, Andrew Yang went out there in 2020 running for president on the Democrat ticket, setting the stage for universal basic income. And he had all these kids running around as part of the Yang gang. And that was funded by uh, Elon Musk. So this guy, Yarvin, wants to deter crime by putting anchor monitors on anyone who's not rich or employed. And he wants to create relocation centers for decivilized subpopulations. Yeah, okay, this guy is definitely about freedom and liberty. And remember, remember, it, it matters because he's tied into Peter Thiel. And he's helping motivate this so-called new right movement. It goes on to say, so if you're trying to increase left-right agreement, that the current system is fatally flawed, I asked him, is it really possible to please both sides about what the new system will offer? Might you be trying to sell the left a bill of goods? 
claiming this future monarchy will be better when it will actually be far worse for them. Quote, neither side should be sold a bill of goods, end quote, said Yarvin. Quote, this is not a uh, homogeneous country. It's never been. There's a lot of people in this country who have to share the same land. That's a solvable problem, end quote. He referenced the long-running conflict between uh, plebeians and uh, patricians in the Roman uh, Republic, which he said was made irrelevant by Julius Caesar and his successor, Augustus's centralization of power. Quote, imagine in America if this red state, blue state, race war, class war, all this BS, it's just gone, end quote, he said. The picture was so rosy that the music of John Lennon began playing in my head. It is certainly possible to imagine a much more effective government under one man. (laughs) Oh, my God. Under one man rule than the one we have now. Perhaps if he picked out the perfect, brilliant, ingenious, compassionate king with a wise board of directors he'd respect rather than supplant, it all would work out well. It could also, of course, work out very poorly. Yeah, I would say so. I would say it's uh, always going to work out very poorly when you put one man in charge of everyone. It says, even if the darkest scenarios don't come about, uh, sclerosis is... Oh, sorry, sclerosis and decay are hardly problems unique to democratic systems. They've affected autocracies throughout history up to today. It is difficult to ensure the leaders' incentives are focused on good governance rather than on entrenching himself in power. The corporate model, which Yarvin praises, also often leads to dysfunctional bureaucracy, not to mention that governing a country might simply be a different sort of problem than running a company. Now, I've told you, I think we're going to get into a little more of that shortly. Uh, Peter Thiel, he advocates for a dictator running a company. He likes dictatorial models inside of companies. And so this is basically what they're talking about now in the form of government. All right, it says, but in a practical sense, Yarvin's long-term ambitions for the new regime matter less than his ideas about how the old one could fall. Yarvin's popularity among rising Republicans and new right intellectuals reveals this cohort is more and more willing to entertain ideas that are out of the mainstream. Some ambitious figure, or even Trump himself, could well try to follow his playbook in a future crisis. Now, we know, obviously, that this has been talked about in the past. I think it was even Thomas Jefferson who said, you know, when you have a president who ends up saying that he needs another term because we're in the middle of a war and only he is the one who can get us out of the war, and basically he was the one who created the war, This is that type of situation. Now, do I truly believe that Trump is the guy that will run under the technocratic fascist banner? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But after four years of Joe Biden, and let's say the uh, rising inflation, let's say there's a diesel shortage, let's say home heating fuel skyrockets, let's say they just basically bleed people. 
They bleed them. All right, they bleed them dry, folks. And they just pummel you and beat you and torture you. Before you know it, you look like Jesse Pinkman at the end of Breaking Bad, just uh, living in a cage. Well, then all of a sudden, Trump, depending on how he runs, might not look so bad. I was saying to Jim uh, from the Hotwire, who's going to be here soon, I said to him that imagine if they just destroy everything under Biden and then they have Trump run promising, let's say, CBDC, UBI, a new financial system, basically running as this maybe even a techno-fascist light type candidate. Would people be willing to accept it? Well, a lot of people supposedly on the left, at least we were supposed to believe the illusion was accepted that there were a lot of people from the left who voted for Trump in 2016. We did believe that. So to make that happen again would not be unheard of. The other important thing is that by the end of Trump's presidency, as he was bragging about creating the vaccine, the beautiful vaccine, I created the beautiful vaccine. So great. Only I could do it. No one else could do it. They said 20 years. I said five minutes. Five minutes we'll have the vaccine. And we did. Well, a bunch of people I know in my personal life that called Donald Trump Hitler for three years of his presidency, all of a sudden lined up to get the jab. And I said, wait a second, Hitler is offering you a shot, and you're going to get the shot, and people went and got it. So if they could get Trump to pull that off, who knows? He may come out, and let's, let's say Donald Trump made someone like uh, Elon Musk, like his top advisor, and they came out and started campaigning together. And Trump said, I've seen the light. I did things wrong. I'm the only one who could dig us out of this hellhole that we're living in. The financial system has collapsed. I will do universal basic income. Hey, guys, he already did stimulus checks. That was a universal basic income test. All right, that was the test pilot. And he says, by tomorrow, after I win, you're going to get UBI. Yeah, I think they could use him. Again, the majority doesn't have to accept it. It's just the illusion has to be sold that the majority accepts it. And that gets everyone on board. In my discussion with Chrissy Piccolo, she brought up utilizing the U.N. military forces to corral people into basically FEMA camps. See, I don't believe that. I don't think they ever have to do that. I don't think they want to do that. I think they want to walk people into uh, the Auschwitz concentration camp, which is basically the worldwide prison planet technocracy. They want to walk you into it. They want you to willingly step into it. They don't want to force you by gunpoint. I was saying this to Jim in our conversation today. If they want to round you up by gunpoint, to do what? They're going to bring you to Auschwitz and have you make uh, Lego kits or something for next year's Christmas. We're going to be Santa's elves. What the hell do they need you for? They have robots to build all that stuff. So they're not going to force the people that are against the system if they want to do anything they're just going to kill you and get you out of the way so i just don't see military and guns being used to do this they have the ability to create an illusion use mind control to force people into the system and they have the ability to make everyone's life miserable by collapsing the financial system 
by disrupting supply chains, by releasing another virus or using hype to create another pandemic situation. And that is how they will drive you into it. I mean, we're two and a half years since COVID land kicked off, and there are still a lot of people on edge that if they really wanted to push out like, oh, the new strain of COVID is like Ebola, and they really wanted to push it, ramp it back up, put it on every radio station, all over TV, the grocery stores having those weird messages like, we are one, we will make it through this, please only walk on the dotted lines, please stand behind the plexiglass sneeze guards, please put on your mask, you are helping your great-grandmother live. You know, if they go back to that, I think there are people ready to jump right on board with it, folks. It's just all these different things are coming together it's all converging it is folks the perfect storm ladies and gentlemen i am dust gold with the dust gold standard we'll be right back right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dust and gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Payne.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. All right, folks, let's jump back into this. I'm going to finish up this article in this segment here. So we can get back to the Vanity Fair piece. Uh, We ended with some ambitious figure, even Trump himself, could well try to follow his playbook in a future crisis. It says, if they do, despite Yarvin's urging that the revolution should be, quote, absolutely bloodless, end quote, there's no telling how messy things could get. All the declarations that America is currently falling apart could look quaint by comparison to what comes if the rule of law is shredded and the current order is toppled. Quote, if you yank out a tooth, you cannot automatically expect a new and better tooth to grow back, end quote, the economist Tyler Cohen recently wrote in a critique of the new right. The best laid plans of revolutionaries very often go awry. Now, that... that Yes, okay, that is all true. But again, it's that they're talking about yanking out a tooth and then not automatically expecting a new and better tooth to grow back. They're yanking out a tooth and then attempting to replace it with a stool, (laughs) with a wooden stool, with a bar stool. It's, It's something completely different. And so when they're talking about the revolution being absolutely bloodless, that's already a lie because this revolution has been in the works, folks. This is the fourth industrial revolution kicked off by the Great Reset, kicked off by COVID land, the high school theater production. It all comes into play. This isn't just this Yarvin guy uh, talking about this stuff. This is part of a play to usher in the, this this is a theory written by a guy handed to Peter Thiel talking about how they can usher this technocracy in and get the people to accept it, right? 
in a faster way than just slow boil. For some reason, they're trying to accelerate everything right now. Uh, Jim will talk a little bit about that with this new UN piece that came out, basically telling all of their followers to get on board and hurry up. But if you understand what I'm saying here, it's not bloodless because look at how many people actually died, let's say, from COVID or whatever it was, or the lack of care that they should have provided people with COVID or the cold or the flu. Look at the uh, jabs and the boosters, the amount of people it's hurting or killing. Look at all the people that are going to be starving because of inflation or freezing to death because of the rising oil prices. So there is blood. There is already blood, folks. Now, in the end, the ultimate goal, as I've always said, is to engineer humanity out of existence. This is a war on humanity. All right. This has been a war for a long time on freedom, but now this is a war on humanity. So blood has already been spilled. It goes on to say, when I first asked to speak with Yarvin, he requested that I prove my, quote, professional seriousness as a current historian, end quote, by, quote, reading or at least skimming, end quote, three books. And I complied. One of them, Public Opinion by Walter Lippmann, a classic of the journalism school canon, describes how people can respond when their previous beliefs about how the world works are called into question. You see, tearing down that worldview. It says, quote, sometimes if the incident is striking enough and if he has felt a general discomfort with his established scheme, He may be shaken to such an extent as to distrust all accepted ways of looking at life and to expect that normally a thing will not be what it is generally supposed to be. In the extreme case, especially if he is literary, he may develop a passion for inverting the moral canon by making Judas, Benedict Arnold, or Caesar Borgia the hero of his tale, end quote. You see, if you pierce someone's worldview so much, you make them disbelieve everything, then the way I see it, folks, is not only will they invert the bad guys for the good guys, they will be willing to accept something that sounds good, but it is actually much more horrible than the situation or the world that they currently live in. That's why I talked to Chrissy Piccolo in that interview on episode 76 about the rise of the anti-hero characters over the last couple of decades in TV. The rise of the Tony Sopranos, the Dexter Morgans, the Ray Donovans, the Walter Whites, the Jesse Pinkmans. You know, that they get us to cheer on the bad guy. And that's what's happening right here in our life. We're going to cheer on a bad guy, someone who is going to offer you a solution to all your problems when in fact he is there to actually create a lot more problems for you. Basically strip you of the last semblances of freedom, liberty, and human autonomy. The author concludes with, There I thought of Yarvin, the self-described dark elf who yearns for a king. And so you'd have to say to yourself, are these folks on the supposed new right, are these folks like Peter Thiel, 
Are they so confused that instead of cheering on the restoration of a republic or giving more liberty and freedom to people by shrinking the size of government, restoring power to localities, are they just tricked and now they're so twisted in their worldview that they're cheering on a technocratic king? Now, Peter Thiel knows exactly what he's doing, folks. He actually wants this because somebody like him believes he will have more power. Remember, this guy seeks out immortality, folks. He is into hacking DNA. He is into freezing his body. He's into injecting young people's blood into his bloodstream to try to give him more immortality. He is supporting singularity. That is the idea of the merger of man and machine that Ray Kurzweil is behind. Mind uploading, taking your mind and uploading your consciousness to the cloud. Peter Thiel is embedded in all these government agencies. He is a government oligarch, folks. He is super dangerous. He is super intelligent. He knows exactly what he's doing. And so now we're going to get back to uh, Peter Thiel and Curtis Yarvin from this Vanity Fair piece because it's just another perspective on this. And I think it's very, very important to understand this political movement that is being built around this. The conservative movement is dead. All right, you might have... Uh, those values that you hold within your heart, as, as I do on many things. But to come to the realization that these people have completely hijacked this. I mean, listen, if you want to get involved with local politics, go to your local Republican town committee meeting. I don't know, maybe start a local conservative group in your area. I find it to be fascinating, you know, as, as a student of, uh, of, of, humans i like to study humans i would like to see if you talk to people who believe they're conservative if at the end of the day they would say to you oh the new right is great or peter thiel's fantastic or i'm voting for blake masters i mean i'm finding that on twitter all day all the people all the trading card heroes that people love jack Posobiec and others are sitting there cheering on blake masters well how many people did their research on blake masters he is the literal real life protege of peter thiel okay and he is sitting there listening to curtis yarvin so how could people be cheering him on and how could people love jack Posobiec, which i doubt he actually has that many followers but how many people could listen to jack Posobiec when he's cheering on blake masters and no one asked the question wait a second buddy you're sitting here supporting a guy who is the protege of thiel took 15 million from thiel and obviously is going to do the bidding of peter thiel who is funding this guy curtis yarvin and inviting him to all these events that peter thiel is is hosting see it doesn't make any sense but it does when you google jack posobic and new right and you find that jack posobic at CPAC led a discussion called the new right and he stood up there and pledged allegiance to the new right then it actually all does make sense all right so where i'm going to start in this vanity fair piece folks i think we ended with this paragraph we were talking about the new right and this uh author had went to an event uh, at National Conservatism Conference, which was sponsored by uh, Peter Thiel. He's got money behind them now. So we ended at this part where he said, uh, the author says, 
but they share a basic worldview that individualist liberal ideology, increasingly bureaucratic governments and big tech are all combining into a world that is at once tyrannical, chaotic, and devoid of systems of value and morality that give human life riches and meaning. As Blake Masters recently put it, quote, a dystopian hell world, end quote. Which, as I pointed out, folks, makes no sense. Because Peter Thiel is a technocrat. So when they're talking about this increasingly bureaucratic government, Peter Thiel is part of that. He gets money from the government, and then he puts his software back into the governments. All right? This um, big tech. Peter Thiel is big tech. He's one of the most powerful people in Silicon Valley. He's invested in so many companies. All the technocratic technologists, entrepreneurs look up to him. And then Blake Masters sits there and calls it a dystopian hell world when Blake Masters is taking at least $15 million from Peter Thiel for this Senate run. It goes on to say, Kern didn't want to put a label on this movement, describing it as a, quote, fractious family of dissenters, end quote, when I called him at home in Montana. Quote, a somewhat new, loose coalition of people whose major concern is that we not end up in a top-down controlled state, end quote. He told me he didn't consider himself right-wing and found some of the anti-democratic ideas he heard expressed in this fear to be, quote, personally chilling, end quote. But he described it as a zone of experimentation and free expression of a kind that was now closed off in America's liberal mainstream, quote, they seem to want a war. The last thing I want is some kind of definitive ideological war, which leaves out the heterodox, complicated, and almost naively open spirit of American politics, end quote. And so this guy, Kern, is someone I'm in the process of reaching out to, to try to get on the show, because he was talking about um, how he, he didn't necessarily ally with the fascist elements of this new right. So I'd love to talk to him and see if he will openly speak about this movement being infiltrated and controlled by Peter Thiel and acolytes like Curtis Yarvin. Folks, I'll be right back. we got to finish dissecting this stuff because there's more to get to over the next couple of episodes. I mean, lots of stuff I found over the years of Peter Thiel basically saying that we are in a technocracy. I mean, he is bragging about it. He is not warning about it. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 